Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Bob Stoffer at the home office back at the uh, 630 Chad Studios. Brendan Escott, 630 Chad, the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos, of whom we're uh, going to talk in our next segment about with Mark Spector for the horses in horse racing Alberta. Is uh, we join him on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline at 7804960063. A reminder, River Cree opening up on Friday. Racing in Lacombe, I believe, starts Friday. And Century Mile is going to get rolling here right away as well. We welcome back to the show the uh, one, the only, Mark Spector from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sports. Hi, Spec. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Bobby, I just heard you talking about your Coach of the Year votes, your Jack Adams Award uh, voting. Yeah. And I would ask you broadcasters, uh, if you, uh, you know, once the voting's taken place, the award's been handed out, you can go to the Professional Hockey Writers website and see the voting for all 155 members of the PHWA. We're completely transparent in that regard. I would wonder when the broadcasters will go that route so we can screw Well, once we once once we for. once we go once we go transparent then you can check my note. That's fantastic that you guys. So, and that's what I was going to ask you. I know you had to do let's start with the Masterton. Connor McDavid was the selection amongst uh, By the way, how many members do you have in the Edmonton district of yeah, the Only 7 members of the Edmonton chapter. So, who are the 7 who are the 7 uh, members? Oh boy, there's a skill tester. Uh Terry Jones, Jim Matheson, Rob Tichkowski. Used to be Derek Van Beest, but if you work for NHL.com, you cannot be a member anymore. So he's not in. Uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic. Jonathan Willis from The Athletic. Uh, Mark Spector, that is six. And um, I'm trying to think of the seventh, Bob. Alan, Alan Mitchell from The Athletic? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, it's just at the tip of my tongue. Oh, Jason Greger. What about him? Oh, of course, Jason Greger. That's the guy. I was thinking all the writers, and he does write a lot for uh, Oilers Nation. So, yes, Jason Greger is the seventh guy. Okay. So uh, you have to have your Masterton done by when? Well, we did the Masterton in our in our group before the pause. We had done it in March already. Okay. And so Connor McDavid, uh, and I don't know if Connor's going to win it. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, and I have a theory on this, Mark. Uh, but uh, he he was just and and then when do you have to have the votes for all the other various awards done by? Well, we're doing both at the moment. We're voting on Masterton uh, yeah. at league wide, and that is, a, I believe, the deadline is Tuesday. I put my votes in okay. today, and um, uh, then we are. I think the deadline is Tuesday or Wednesday on the actual awards voting, which uh, there's not every member of the PHWA gets the vote. I think, of, like I say, about, if I'm not mistaken, about 155, which is roughly half of the people get to vote. Okay. Uh, 
just so you know, my top three are uh, Tortorella, Tippett, and Vigneault. I will not give you the order of the top three, but those are the three guys that I picked. Okay? okay. I just pulled it up right now. So, and I would not have thought four years ago I would have voted for John Tortorella, but the fact that Columbus was as competitive as they were, given, I mean, they had an unbelievable amount of injuries. It was ridiculous. Yeah, Every, no, that's right? fair. He and, did a hell of a job there. And Philadelphia closed like a house on fire. And I thought that uh, if you take a look at the, I mean, how do you judge coaches? You judge coaches on whether or not they overachieve, you judge or underachieve, you judge coaches on special teams. Pretty tough to argue with Edmonton special teams. So those were the three that I have as my final three. And I, I know I seriously considered Sullivan as well. And, uh, but I, I went, uh, with somebody else instead of Sullivan. So, so there you have it. So, sorry, people can check out everybody's votes by when on which site for this. Well, we don't, obviously, on the Professional Hockey Writers Association site, I think it's PWHA, is it .com, I believe? Yeah. Easy to find anyway. Um, it might be thephwa.com is where it is. The, we obviously cannot post all our voting results until the awards have been handed out or someone could just go on there and figure out who's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it would be, and, and so that means I don't have an exact answer because we don't know when the awards, uh, NHL awards night is going to be, Bob. No one knows. So, all right. So what you're saying is, so I've revealed my three finalists. Uh, do you envision that you would have Leon Dreisaitl as a finalist for the Hart Trophy? Oh yeah. I would tell you right now that uh, I'm, I'm, about 80% done my ballot and uh, I have uh, each voter is to name one through five for the major awards so for the Hart Trophy uh, I have named on my ballot Leon Dreisaitl is in the number one hole for sure I'm going off memory here I think I went I think I went Dreisaitl, Panarin uh, maybe Pasternak McDavid and I forget the fifth guy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, and just uh, because I, I think there's a perception. So this vote, it's got to be done by, sorry, you said next Tuesday? All the voting's got to be done by Tuesday? It's, it's either Tuesday or Wednesday. I mix up with the master and I'm in front of me. It's, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I have to have masters in, in and then and then the NHL awards in. Yes, five. One of those okay, so this before. obviously precedes any potential play-in. Uh, and I'm wondering whether or not yeah. that fact, do you think... Do you think that changed or altered people's like? And this is where, and there, you know, the system, the system was what it was. If we get a chance to play, we we get the chance to play. Uh, you know, some people said, "Hey, the Oilers got screwed. They were only marginally behind in percentage points of Dallas. They were actually second in the Pacific. That you know, they should have been the team instead of Dallas. Yada yada yada. That should have been guaranteed a spot if you did it based on division." Mike, the the concern I had is, do you think for some voters, they might look at that? That uh, at players that are playing in that twenty-four and not look at them the same way as a player from the the, the four teams on each conference that are already guaranteed to be into the round of sixteen. Yeah. Well, there's two things here. There's no time to conduct this vote between the end of the play-in round right. and the start right. of the. And what you don't want to do, Bob, is in a traditional year, voting is completed before the playoffs begin. The playoffs are not should not have a bearing on how people vote, right? So, so they have to do the. In terms of timing, it has to happen this way. But what interests me, Bob, is and let's just go back a year. Let's focus this conversation down. Uh, a year ago, there was a lot of voices around hockey that said uh, Connor McDavid can't win the heart because his team didn't make playoffs. 
Yep. And this year, it's between, you know, a lot of ballots here, it's between Panarin and, and Dreisaitl. And I'm not counting, you know, I didn't count and make note of which voices held that playoff decree a year ago that, that would have eliminated Connor McDavid from the Hart Trophy. But I would say to you, if that voice, that voice should not be voting, if that's, they feel strongly about that, then they shouldn't be voting for Artemi Panarin this year because Artemi Panarin's team wasn't going to make playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. They may win a playoff, play-in round, whatever. Uh, but the spirit of the thing is the Rangers weren't a playoff team either. And the Oilers were. And the Oilers definitely were. And I am a believer of that, Bob. I am yep. a believer that unless it's, you know, unless a guy goes out and wins the scoring race by 25 points on a non-playoff team, uh, in a normal world, I don't think you do win the heart if a team doesn't make playoffs. I felt that way about Connor McDavid, and I feel that way about Artemi Panarin. And, I mean, we all have different – I know that I brought it up with a Colorado writer a couple of years ago. He didn't have McDavid in his top five. Edmonton played Colorado three times that year. McDavid had eight points in three games and was the first star in all three games. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, right, who did you see that played three games that was first star every time yeah. they played Colorado? You know, uh, well, it's difficult, man. Like, I've, you know, I was a president of the PHWA, and I've had a lot of – a million conversations around yes, you voting, have. and it's there's a lot of issues that never even come to light. But I'm going to say this, Bob: Let's have a vote on anything you want. You name the vote, and let's get together a hundred between 160 and 180 people. Bang on! We have every bang year. on every single vote, and no matter whether it's for the president of the United States or for who buys lunch tomorrow. You're going to get a couple of wing nuts that give you goofy ballots. You're just going to. Even among my brethren, I think that we're an excellent voting block. I look at our record. I've added it up. I've, I've, I've tabulated east-west bias. I've looked at it all. Our, our track record is beyond reproach. It's awesome. But I'm also here to tell you, every year there's a couple guys out there. I look at their ballot. I go, what the hell were you thinking? And yeah, that's just well, how democracy works. Well, and in that you can extend that metaphor for politics. I mean, oh, there's, there is a significant push. Some might say, Mark, that uh, we are seeing a, a low-grade. There, there's a theorist out there by the name of Eric Weinstein who would suggest you were seeing a low-grade social revolution take place. And he is a libertarian. He's not right nor left. He's a libertarian. And he, you know, he, so people have, and there's some people that say you can only think one way right now in issues. And uh, so there you go on on the political nature. So you make a, a great valid point. And we're going to take it down another step here too, Mark. Leon Dreisaitl at center. So let's say Leon wins the heart. <laughs> is there an outside chance he doesn't get one of the uh, – do you vote for one or two all-star spots by position? We vote for three all-star spots by position, and I believe six defensemen. Okay. In fact, I know that. Six defensemen. Um, three goaltenders and three uh, at each position up front. And, of course, you'll remember famously several years ago when when the fact that Taylor Hall voters weren't clear on which side Ovechkin should be named on, it cost yes. Taylor Hall an all-star vote. And we took great, great steps here to, you know, we've sent an email out, we do every year. And, in fact, as the chapter chair in Edmonton, it's up to me to say whether or not you know, what position should you be voting for Leon Dreisaitl at? And I, in fact, you know, in a normal year, I'd walk right up to Leon Dreisaitl. The dressing room might say, Leon, we're going to, I think we should vote for you as a center. What do you think? 
And when I did that, uh, last year we voted for Leon as a left winger because he was a left winger all year, right? And I said to Leon, we're going to vote for his left winger. Is that okay with you? And he said, hey, I don't care where you vote for me. Left wing's fine. And this year, uh, because I haven't had a chance to talk to Leon, I went through the PR department and I said, just so you know, the NHL.com site lists Leon Dreisaitl as a centerman, and we will be voting for him as a centerman. And Andre Brin, the PR guy, was, you know, he took that to Leon, and everyone's cool with it. So, so people may screw it up, Bob, <laughs> but he's a centerman. He'll be voted on as a centerman. And in my opinion, even though he may have started, in fact, I saw the stat, Bob, he started more games as a left wing last year than a centerman, but he was more productive as a centerman than he was as a left winger. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, could Edmonton end up with the first and second team All-Stars at center? Is that out of the If could, Connor McDavid and him were 1-2 in scoring, why couldn't they be 1-2 at center? Yeah, that would be that would be an interesting one to me. By the way, last year, Dreisaitl finished fourth in voting for the uh, left wing position, even though he was only one of two players in the league to have scored 50 goals. We're joined by Mark Spector. Uh, yeah, he got split a little bit on that. That's, this is hard. When when a guy plays two positions, he, it's and then you you can't just blame the writers when the vote gets split, right? He plays a lot of times like with Ovechkin, Bob. I, can't, I hope I don't get this wrong. He was he was a right winger, but he was listed on the NHL site as a left winger. So people look on the site and they see one thing, and yeah. then the reality yeah. is he's another thing. And, of course, it's the writers that get hell for it, and I get that, but it's not just the writers' fault. There's some confusion out there. Well, uh, people love giving ink-stained wretches a sure hard time. Do. I get it. Comes with the territory. Mark Spector joining us for the horses and horse racing in Alberta again. We'll have more information on Century Mile reopening up shortly. We're going to take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. I couldn't have come at a better time. It's 122 at Edmonton. Back into our Ashley Fine Forest text line, Sonny in Vancouver. Well, thank you, Sonny, for taking the time to text us. He says, can you ask Speck about how Nugent Hopkins got robbed the Calder? He had the same amount of points as Landis Cog, but he did it in 20 fewer games that season from Sonny in Vancouver. Mark, were you guys voting on Rookie of the Year that year? No, we always vote on Rookie of the Year. I don't recall that. I mean, I recall the winner. Uh, I don't remember all the intricacies around it. But, uh, yeah, I remember that. And the PHWA did have a huge part in that vote, for sure. Yeah, Nujad, 23 of 52 points that year on the power play. He's always been a first-line power play guy. Uh, Has he become a first-line winger, Mark? I mean, at even strength, the analytics guys would tell you, as a center, he he is not a first-line point producer during the course of his career at even strength. When he's played on left wing with McDavid at the end of 17-18 season, start of 18-19, and then throughout the final 30 games this year, he's well in uh, the upper range of what's considered a, a first-line uh, winger. I think we both concede he is unquestionably a first-line power play guy, and it's important because he plays a part in the Oilers' future. Uh, this guy's a, an unrestricted free agent in 2021. Yeah, you got to, in my opinion, they'll sign him for sure. Uh, I think he'll come in at a, you know, it's not going to be like the Toronto Maple Leafs where you got the top three guys making $11 million each. Um, you know, Drysaddle's already on a good contract, and I don't know what the number will be for Nuge and Hopkins, but um, listen, if you, Nuge is a top six guy. Is he? He's not a center on this team, Bob, because he's on a team with McDavid and Drysaddle, and they're better players. So 
be a winger and be able to step in and take a draw, be a power play guy. There's lots of opportunity. He's turning into what I think would be about a 75-point guy here. So what does that mean for a paycheck, Bob? Is that eight and a half million bucks when you're a 75-point guy? Oh, I, I would, you know, I would think that, uh, you know, compress cap a bit because of the cap, maybe not the growth. Maybe what's Braden Shen make? To me, I'm different, different type of players. Shen's more physical, more aggressive. Uh, Nugent Hopkins probably has a little bit more skill. But I think those two guys, they're, you know, maybe we can get Brendan Escott. Brendan, just go hop on capgeek or capfriendly.com and go uh, find out what Shen's making. But to me, Bra- uh, Braden Shen in St. Louis, that's like when I think of a guy, you know, Tarasenko's probably their best forward. Shen's either their second or third best forward. Uh, McDavid and Drysettle are two of the five best players in the league. Uh, so I-, I think that, you know. Six and a half million a year, Bob. Six and a half million a year. Yeah. When did you sign that deal, Brendan? That was couple. October 2019. Okay, so let's say a couple, two years before, uh, just for fun, two years before yeah. Nuge. So, you know, that's probably turns into a seven million dollar deal for Nuge anyway. Well, somebody said, "What about Kevin Hayes' money?" And I think Hayes signed for seven and a half, didn't he? Spec was that the? Yeah, time? there you go. You know, and I'm not yeah. sure Nuge isn't a better player. So uh, there you have it. You know what, Mark? We're going to uh, one day when we have you in studio, when we and I'm not sure when we're going to do a studio show together next. I, I know you really miss me not. Uh, but we got to get into uh, and this will be called a tease. But how fortunate you and me were to grow up watching the I bumped into a couple of the Eskimo guys here over the last week. The Eskimo yep. dynasty, 78 to 82, followed up in the heels by the Oder dynasty, 84 to 90. If you're an Edmonton kid or an Edmonton guy growing up watching that, it was a special time, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness. Like, And, you know, it was the city of champions. They were they won five great cups in a row. I mean, that's the that's – I mean, I think it goes down history as the most successful and best CFL dynasty ever. And yep. then you just come out of that with they they won their last great cup in '82 and in '83 the orders were in the cup and in '84 they started winning. So, I mean there was just no respite for big games that the home team won. Bob, <laughs> you know the Eskimos, they were so good. I mean I remember all those years there'd be some hot shot like, you know the Alouettes had signed Vince Fairgamble or. You know, uh, Winnipeg had come through with Dieter Brock, or Calgary had come up and they'd have a Willie Burden or someone like that. Eskimos would score 35 in the first half and end up beating them like 42 to seven. <laughs> you know, yeah, they they won for fun for those years, Bob. They were that good. They were good. By the way, RCN has just texted us and he says, Bob, look at Johansson and Duchesne, both making, you know, eight million bucks a year. Duchesne went as a UFA. Uh, Johansson signing the, the extension there. This show isn't quite yet going to the dogs. Even Kyle Turris at six million. A right shot. And Turris is nowhere near as productive as Nuge has been the last couple seasons. Mark well, listen, is o- Go ahead. Going yep. off the, if you're going to gauge it off of bad contracts signed around the National Hockey League, Nugent Hopkins is going to get rich. <laughs> you know, and, and frankly, he was overpaid for many years at $6 million, Bob, but that doesn't matter, right? That doesn't yeah. make it in the negotiations. All right. Uh, hey, Mark, have a terrific uh, week. We'll hook up next Tuesday, okay? All right, Bobby, thanks for the call. You bet. 128 in Edmonton. Uh, we're going to go off to a global news weather traffic update uh, with Eileen Bell. When we come back, uh, a guy that's going to try to uh, work his way up through the Oilers minor league system, James Hamlin, today at uh, 147. John Shannon, when we return on Oilers now.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.